It's a very great pleasure to be asked once again to participate in the very valuable initiative of the Bar Council, the Justice Week. Uh, and of course, the theme of Justice Week this year, hardly surprisingly, is the theme of the last year, uh, the way in which we have approached uh, the pandemic. Uh, it's interesting to think back one year when the last Justice Week was present uh, and we were all able uh, to stand together much closer than two metres, not a mask in sight, uh, how much things have changed. Uh, I'm currently recording this in the conference room of the Supreme Court. It's a room which hasn't had much use in the last year. <clears throat> Indeed, if you just go out through the door on my left here, uh, you get into the Supreme Court room. And the last time that the Supreme Court sat in that courtroom was on the 12th of March last year. And as we were gathering to go into court to hear the case of the day, uh, we listened on the radio uh, to the address of then Taoiseach Faradkar speaking from the steps of Blair House in Washington uh, and indicating that a significant restriction on our movements was likely to be enacted by the government that very day. Uh, and a lot has changed since. Uh, and I'd like to touch on perhaps uh, three aspects of the courts and the law's response uh, to the pandemic. The first is to briefly say what we've been doing in the courts. The second is to make some observations about uh, how the law itself has responded uh, to uh, the, the, the pandemic. And thirdly, perhaps in very general terms, to talk about some issues which may be yet to come. Um, <clears throat> obviously, access to justice is a vital aspect of any democratic society. And there are many strands to it, the cost of going to court, the complexity of court procedures. There are many matters that need to be addressed of which we are, I would like to think, in the course of beginning to address. But perhaps the most fundamental of all is that there is a court to which you can have access. So how have we dealt with keeping the courts open in times where the traditional way in which most courts operated would be wholly inconsistent uh, with the advice that we all receive about how to conduct ourselves in, in these difficult times. Um, initially, I suppose because information was very limited, uh, there was a decision to move to only dealing with urgent cases, and it was left to the president of each court to make a call on what cases qualified uh, in that way. Uh, but as greater knowledge uh, emerged, and as the state of the pandemic ebbed and changed. Uh, we have had to change with it. Um, I'm not sure we've got everything right, uh, but we have endeavoured to keep as much of our court system open uh, as was possible in the light of current conditions. There's been a huge expansion of the number of cases that are dealt with on remote platforms, because that clearly is safe. Uh, it's been less possible particularly at times like now in level five, uh, to have physical hearings, except in the most urgent of cases. And perhaps the thing I think needs to be emphasised is that many people in the courtroom are not there as of choice. Even if restaurants are open, no one says you have to go to one. <clears throat> but many of the people who are in a courtroom are there under compulsion. The accused in a criminal trial of any significance has to be there, will be arrested and brought there if he or she doesn't turn up. Jurors are summoned and are penalised if they don't attend. 
people who are subpoenaed to attend as witnesses are, are obliged by law to turn up and give their evidence. So it's not a voluntary situation where an individual can make their own mind up about their own risk uh, uh, assessment. We make people come to court and we have to, I think, take that into account in balancing uh, the various rights and obligations involved. I'm not one who thinks that it's uh, sensible to talk about things being safe or not safe. There's risk in everything. But some, on some occasions, if you take appropriate precautions, the risk may be very small and the need to do whatever you're doing may be such that it well outweighs any small risk that's there. In other situations, the risk may be very large and may not justify taking that risk, having regard to whatever you're trying to do. And that's the sort of balance, often difficult balance, that we've had to try and strike in the courts. Uh, If you bring a large number of people together in one room, you are increasing risk. If the level of transmission in the community is small, that risk may not be so large. If it is the way it has been, for example, in January of this year, then that risk may be a lot larger, no matter how many precautions you take. So we've had to uh, attempt to do as much as we can, but to do so in a way where the risks we take, in our judgment, are sufficiently small to be justified in taking because of the need to continue with court hearings so that people can have their rights and obligations determined. Things can't be put off indefinitely. The old adage that the law delayed is the law denied does apply. And it applies even if the reason for the delay is something like the pandemic. But at the same time, you you can't just conduct court business in in the way it always was. Um, The second matter I'd just like to briefly talk about is the importance of keeping in mind the distinction between what is the law and what may be guidance. It was very interesting that we uh, regularly have uh, conferences with colleague judges of the senior courts in the neighbouring jurisdictions, that of England and Wales, that of Scotland, that of Northern Ireland. Uh, Normally it's a physical meeting which happens in one or other of our jurisdictions, but for obvious enough reasons it happened remotely this year, uh, last month. And one common theme in each of those jurisdictions was the view among the senior judiciary that there was often a significant lack of clarity in statements coming from authorities as to what was legal or illegal on the one hand and what was simply guidance on the other. And we all felt that that was not a very good way to conduct business. Of course, uh, government wants to encourage people to comply with guidance and we all may well legitimately have strong views about people who flagrantly don't comply with guidance. But at the same time, from a court's point of view, the difference between something that is a law and something that's simply guidance is vital. And equally, we would think from the point of view of the public, it's important that they understand that where there is a legal sanction for failure to obey, and that where there may be a moral sanction in the sense that people may legitimately think badly of you, but where there isn't a legal sanction. And it was, as I said, a common theme across all of the jurisdictions that there is often not quite the clarity that there should be about that distinction. On the third matter, I think I do need to be somewhat careful. Um, Obviously, it is possible 
to introduce laws that infringe rights to a greater extent where there is a major issue that needs to be handled. But just because there is a crisis doesn't justify every measure. Courts have to make decisions if measures are challenged as to whether the measure is proportionate. Does it achieve the end that it's designed to do? Uh, Would it be possible to achieve that end uh, with some less restrictive measure? And is there a reasonable proportionality between what you're trying to achieve and the measure and the effect of the measures which you adopt? That's a test courts apply all the time and across many jurisdictions. Um, And the Irish courts may be called upon uh, to make those kind of judgment calls uh, as the pandemic goes on and as unfortunately it looks like restrictions of one sort or another are going to be with us for quite some time yet. It will clearly be dangerous for any serving judge who may be called on to give a judgment in some of those matters uh, to make any uh, comment on them in detail. But I think it is important to know that there are courts there whose job it is to make that assessment. It is not just a matter for government to decide what measures need to be adopted. Uh, Someone who considers that measures of one type or another are inappropriate or go too far has access to the courts to have an assessment reached as to whether that is so. Government and legislators will, under the Constitution, be given a significant margin of appreciation. But it's not an unlimited margin of appreciation. And one of the roles of courts in difficult times like this is to act as an arbiter of whether measures have gone too far. And as I say, we may well be called upon to make those judgments uh, as time goes on. Uh, But for obvious reasons, it wouldn't be appropriate for me to comment on the likelihood of success or failure of any such challenges. Uh, There are so many more aspects to the pandemic that affect society as a whole, uh, individual types of cases. We've had litigation about, for example, insurance, uh, claims brought by uh, businesses which had to close because of the pandemic and the like. Uh, Clearly, some issues such as uh, domestic violence tend to become worse in lockdown situations and the courts have to cope with that. So across the whole range of litigation, there is the potential for the courts having to deal with issues which are changed or made more serious or more difficult because of the pandemic. But I suppose, I go come back to the beginning, our fundamental obligation is to keep the courts open as best we can, but to do so in a way that does not uh, unreasonably expose people who have to be in court to risk And I would like to think that we've done a reasonable job on that. Decisions have had to be made in very short time scales and often with incomplete information. Uh, As I said in a previous address, uh, we've had to make many decisions in hours and days, which would normally have taken weeks and months. But the virus doesn't wait uh, for the carefully considered report of a committee or a working group. And when you have to make decisions in that way, they won't always be right with the benefit of hindsight. But as I say, I would like to think we've done a reasonable job in that most fundamental aspect of access to justice, which is keeping courts open to allow people to have their cases heard. Uh, I very much, uh, again, welcome the initiative of the Bar Council, and I wish the Council and all those who are participating in this this, uh, Justice Week uh, great success to the venture 
uh, and great congratulations to all those involved. Thank you.